As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. Hey, everybody. DTR, if you're a middle schooler, you know what that is. Um, but if maybe you're not a middle schooler, you may not know. Define the relationship, DTR, it's text for short and have that conversation. I remember when uh, I thought Don and I were dating and she didn't think we were dating for a while in high school. And she sat me down and had the DTR and said, you know, we're just friends. And I said, for now. Uh, and <laughs> it worked out okay, you know, but that's a DTR, right? So define the relationship. And our campus pastors actually get together and sort of plan out these series. And so, um, so they came up with this DTR. Craig, you're kind of channeling your inner middle school texts, right? Uh, DTR. And, but in this case, we're going to talk about DTR, define the relationship with the work. Now, if you recall, you've been following on our series, you know that, uh, that two weeks ago we talked about DTR, God, kind of refreshing and reengaging our relationship with God. Last week was marriage. Uh, and, uh, and today I'm going to talk about work, DTR with work. To do that, I'm going to take a text, Proverbs 31. Now, some of you are familiar with Proverbs 31. You're a little surprised that that's the text. Actually, Craig, as you're part of the planning of this, I was a little surprised that this was the text as well. But the campus pastors get together. They say, this is the series. Work with Pastor Ron. They put it together. This is the text, Proverbs 31. Now, you know Proverbs 31. You've been in church a long time. It's a very frequent Mother's Day message. But here today... It's going to be our work message as well. Also, the campus pastors put together an outline that I'm going to work from. At first, I was a little bit like, okay, Proverbs 31. But then as I worked through the text, I saw the brilliance of what they were doing. And I want you to follow along with me. Because a lot of us have sort of a, uh, maybe a love-hate relationship with Proverbs 31. Donna, my wife, she says, you know, Proverbs 31, when women come on Mother's Day and hear Proverbs 31, it can kind of be overwhelming. There's a lot of things in there that you know, a godly woman should maybe be or do that can kind of be overwhelming. And so I want you know, I'm actually not going, this is not gonna be a message about being a godly mother or godly wife, though it certainly will relate to some of that in some ways. But, because I, I think Proverbs 31 is actually the personification and the idealization of the wisdom and work passages found throughout the book of Proverbs. So we're gonna look at it, which is why I think that choosing this passage is so helpful for us. But uh, so let me just reduce your tension around that, that maybe you're a woman, you're like, you know, man, Proverbs 31, I just can't be uh, all of those things. Here's what we're gonna do. I want you to take out your smartphone, right? You got a smartphone here, take out your smartphone. And, and I want you, not all of you, but enough of you, you can share with somebody else. And I want you to open up your browser. I've got an iPhone. Who else has an iPhone? Okay, the godly people, um, or the people who are too easily brought into the cult of Mac. Um, but if you'll type in on Safari, if you're using your iPhone or whatever you use, type in the web address proverbs31.com. Now, what are the web address has been around 30, 40 years, so some, that's got to be one that's been snatched up a long time ago. So type in proverbs31.com. And I see some of you found it already. So, so what, do you, what do you think? What do you think? Pretty cool, huh? All right, so, so that's actually, well, let's take a look. This is what's at Proverbs31.com, right? Proverbs31.com is this. This is, this is Donna, right? And this is me, kind of looking a little creepy there, behind Donna, actually. Um, so Donna didn't know this until this morning, but so a few um, decades ago, 
a friend of mine and I bought up a lot of web pages. So I've got like churchrevitalization.com and churchplan.com. And my friend bought up, her name's Lizette, she bought uh, proverbs31.com. So I texted her the other day, said, listen, I'm preaching on proverbs31.com. I wanna make a point about, uh, about what the passage means and I'd like to see if I could just put Donna's picture as the personification of proverbs31.com. So Donna this morning, I said, what'd you think about the message? She texted me back and she, she said, because you know, you know, the pastor always asks, you know, honey, what'd you think about the message? She said, uh, she was at the first service, this was the best and first explanation I've ever heard of that verse. And it was really good, aside from the Donna references, is what she said. She didn't know, she's an introvert, doesn't like necessarily be talked about here. But, but, but I put this here because I want you to actually look to Proverbs 31, and I want you to hear, all the women who are listening here, that I actually am not going to bring a message to you that kind of calls you to be this idealized um, example from Proverbs 31. I don't have the need to do it. I actually, I, I am married to the perfect wife for me. And, and, and she's married to the perfect husband for her, at least I tell her that. Uh, and, um, and so what I wanna say is, so, so I'm actually not here, so let's, we'll get that out of the way, right? right? No one can live up to the idolized version that I have of Donna Stetzer, right? So uh, when you look up Proverbs31.com, it's literally her picture. But this passage actually is the longest description of the day-to-day activity of an ordinary person in the whole Bible. Um, in this case, it's an affluent Jewish woman, so we won't focus on all the exact specific details of what she did, but we're gonna focus on the characteristics of her character. So we've kind of put beside the, well, I'm concerned about you're gonna you know, point me out. Listen, and if you're, if you're married, or if you're a husband, if you're a husband here with your wife, at no point during the message do you turn to her and say, you should do that because she'll hurt you, and you don't want that right here, right? Right, because at one point it says, she makes her own bed linens. And I know some of your women are like, I don't make my own bedspread, I am not a godly woman. But I don't want you to feel that way, I want you to actually look at the characteristics. What we see in this woman is the characteristics of wisdom and work that she's the personification and the idealization of from the book of Proverbs. Actually, we can actually see it because the whole thing is set up as a poem. The first word of every sentence is actually going and starting with a word from a Hebrew alphabet. So it's descriptive of this woman. Uh, she's an excellent wife, yes, but it applies to women. Actually, it applies to people, right? So this is one person living out the personification of wisdom and work in the book of Proverbs, and as such, an example to all of us, women and men, men and women, the Proverbs 31 is an, woman is an example for us. And she's actually, there's only one command. Most of it's describing her, but there's one prescription. It's actually Proverbs 31, 31. It says this. It says, give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Let her works. So the focus is actually, when it gets to the command, let her works praise her in the gates. So from verses 10 to 31, there's 22 verses and of those 22 verses, there are 22 characters in the first of the alphabet, right? So we think of A, B, C in English. It's Aleph, Bet, and Gimel in, uh, in Hebrew. And so each of these things, 22 verses, 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And I took Hebrew in graduate school. And I remember two things. I remember, this is a whole semester, I remember the alphabet, and I remember that I can Google and find out what it means at any time I need to do that, right? So whereas Greek, I can remember a little more. I don't remember a lot of Hebrew. But the whole point is, is that it's describing 
this idealized, right, and this, this personified example of work and wisdom from the book of Proverbs for us today. So when the campus pastors put this together, I really began to see the wisdom in what they were doing, and I'm happy to share with you today about these uh, characteristics. Now, because, and it's, the example here is this affluent Jewish woman, but we actually see similar questions about this in about men as well. Proverbs 20, verse six says, a faithful man who can find. So there's a continual theme and the Proverbs 31 woman models industry, integrity, and influence, which are characteristics we see throughout Proverbs, called through, for throughout Proverbs. These are qualities for both men and women, young and old, single and married, to aspire for at work, because we're actually gonna see she's at work, at home or on the job. So Proverbs 31, uh, beginning at verse 10 is gonna be our text. I'm gonna walk through Proverbs 31. Beginning at verse 10, I'll read all the way to verse uh, 31. Are you ready? Okay, hope you got your Bible open or turned on. It says this, an excellent wife who can find, she is more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, he will have no lack of gain. She does him good, not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. Now we're not gonna go through and talk all about what wool and flax is and more. Um, she's like the ship's of the merchant. So she works with her hands. Wool and flax is actually related to textiles. She's like the ships of the merchant, right? What's she doing? She's bringing her food from afar. Today we might call that Uber Eats. Uh, <laughs> she rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. So why would she rise while it's yet night? There's details here that I could unpack for you for an hour, but she would actually get up before the oil runs out of the lamp to put more oil in the lamp. Uh, provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She has a staff. Again, she's an affluent Jewish woman. She considers a field. So she's in real estate. She considers a field and buys it. And with the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. It goes on. It says she dresses herself with strength, makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. So she's actually an entrepreneur of sorts, right? Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands to the spindle. Again, more of the making of fabric. She opens her hand to the poor, reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow. It does snow in Jerusalem occasionally for her household. For all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. There it is. That's the place where a lot of women are like, I'm out. If I, if I can make the bed, that's great. But to actually make the bed covering, I'm out. But stay with me, because the point is not that you do all those things. The point is, well, I'll get to that in a minute. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Um, and she, her husband is known in the gates when he is among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, delivers sashes to the merchant. So she gets involved in commerce. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. Okay, so she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Even the Bible knows carbs are bad. Uh, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all, the love and the praise of the husband to this wife. Charm is deceitful, beauty is in vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works Praise her in the gates. Remember, this is the only, everything before this is description. Here is a prescription, what you should do. What you should do is give her the fruit of her hands. Labor, work, and let her works praise her in the gates. Her works actually praise her in the gates. Okay, so, so now again, here's where it gets a little intimidating because there's a lot going on there 
And I just want to say that there, I mean, this is indeed the praising of a godly wife. This is indeed, a beginning says, who can find such a godly wife? Okay, that's all true. But it's just been interesting. I think a lot of women put a lot on themselves uh, that, well, I can't do all those things. Well, first of all, uh, I don't think she's doing all those things at once. It's talking, well, let me explain why that matters. But also, too, all of those things, you, you don't have to make your own bedspread to be a godly woman. I want you not to miss that. There you go, goals right there. You're like, done, you're in now. You're back with me. All right, good. And that's all it took for you, and I welcome you back into the enthusiasm of Proverbs 31. So, 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 but here's the thing I don't want you to miss. Because the description here, someone might say, I'm, a, I'm single. I'm a, I'm a widow. Um, I'm, I'm never been or never planning to be married. I don't have any children. And you might look at that and say, I can never be a Proverbs 31 woman. Well, actually, the description of the Proverbs 31 woman uses the word excellent. In other places, actually, generally when it's translated about men, it actually uses the word valiant or a woman of valor. It's sometimes related to being a soldier even. And so there's only two places in the Bible where it speaks of a woman as excellent or valorous or a woman of valor. Only two places specifically when referring to a woman. One is in Proverbs 31. Now, Proverbs 31 is the last chapter of the book of Proverbs, as you probably know. Remember, Proverbs 31 is the pinnacle of the book of Proverbs. It points to the Proverbs 31 woman as the example, the exemplar of lived out work and wisdom throughout the book of Proverbs. Now, in your Bible, the next book of the Bible is the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, in the Hebrew Bible, the ordering of the books of the Bible is not inspired by God. Um, And there's different reasons people might order them differently. Uh, But in the Hebrew Bible, the Bible the Jewish people would use still today, it goes from Proverbs to the book of Ruth. Now, why might that be significant? Maybe because seeing the actions and activities of a rich Jewish woman who is praised for her hard work. She's a woman of valor. She's uh, valiant. She's an example. She's exemplary. Uh, Maybe it might be helpful to know that only two women in the Bible are referred to in this word valor or valiant or excellent in this way. And the other was actually Ruth. Let me tell you a little bit about Ruth. Ruth was not a rich Jewish woman. Ruth was a poor foreigner who basically worked a poor job in the fields. Ruth did not have children to call her blessed. Ruth did not make clothes for her husband. She didn't have one. She was a widow. She did not exchange fine linens. She worked and dug in a field. Yet Boaz says of Ruth, Ruth, just three chapters in the order of the Jewish Bible, Boaz says of Ruth before she's married or lives out the rest of her story, Boaz says, all the people of my town, this is Ruth 3.11, all the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. So Proverbs 31 woman is excellent and of noble character. And Ruth, who has very different characteristics, is a woman of valor and of noble character. So we see that, yes, this relates to finding a wife or inversely a husband or relates to the, a godly wife, but it's so much more. I want you not to miss this, right? Um, the example that God uses at the end of the book of Proverbs to show you what it looks like to live out the work and wisdom of the book of Proverbs is the Proverbs 31 woman. So men, that's for you. Women, that's for you. Three things we're going to look at today. Number one on our outline is industry industry, industriousness, right? Industry, we think of politicians usually to talk about industry declining and industry growing, but industry means work, right? It's industriousness. So this poem depicts a woman who is industrious in the earth, in the home, and in the marketplace. I don't want you to miss this. 
Because the writer here wants us to see the breadth of what she does, which may be the very thing that intimidates you, but the point is that she does a whole lot of things in the earth, in the home, and in the marketplace. People sometimes say, well, should, you know, should women work outside of the home? If that's what God calls them to do, sure. Can we honor women working inside? Oh, of course we do. And, and, and outside the home, of course we do. What does she do? She bides a field. She clears it of stones. She readies it for plowing. She plants vines. She builds a wine press. Maybe even sets up a stone wall and a watchtower to mark uh, with the boundaries of her property. At home, she busies her hands, preparing food, making textiles to wear, use, or sell. In the marketplace, she finds her resources, her family needs, and is able to contribute her own goods for profit as well. The diversity in her work is too broad to be an accident. She is industrious in the earth, in the home, and in the marketplace. And I believe the great diversity of her work demonstrates that every vocation may equally honor God through work and through wisdom. I get tired reading it all. I mean, who can do it all? Again, making bedspreads and buying property and flipping property. I mean, she's got all this stuff going on, but it's also all past tense. So somewhere in the journey of her life, not that she's doing all those things right now, but she has done much of it. You know, for me, I've worked at Burger King. I was a telemarketer. I mean, can you imagine who, who everyone hates a telemarketer. I was that, people said mean things to me. I was a labor relations consultant for Lowe's. I was an insulation contractor. I was a statistical researcher and I've been a pastor and I'm, I'm not all of those right now. I was an insulation contractor. I'm not that now. Um, but I worked hard in all those things. And I think the description of the Proverbs 31 woman is talking about how in the earth, in the home, and in the marketplace, that she models for us wisdom and work, right? Now, this really matters because God assigned work to Adam and Eve before the fall. So we Christians believe that there was a time before where the world was good, perfect, and right. And during that time, people worked. So it's not that the fall came and sin came and now we gotta work because of sin. No, work is good, work is from God, work is a blessing. And the Proverbs 31 woman models industry for us because she is the personification and the idealization of all those values in the book of Proverbs like work and wisdom. And here as we define the relationship and we thought, think and talk about work, of course, she's the example. And the breadth of her experience in the earth and the home and in the marketplace tells us that God wants us to embrace work and have a passion for, yes, the industry, the industriousness. She models hard work. Let's look at it in verse 13. Says she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. Those will be things that you involved in making fabric and more. She's like the ships of the merchant. She brings food from afar. She brings it while uh, it is yet night and provides food for her, hus her household and portions for her maidens, right? So she's got employees and more. She considers a field and she buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. I mean, all this is home, right? Earth and marketplace. Her lamp does not go to night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. More about making fabric. So industry or hard work is a recurring theme in the book of Proverbs. So it only makes sense that at the end of the book of Proverbs, you need an example, and isn't it just like God to make the example, this woman, this Proverbs 31 woman? 
Verse 27, it says, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. So one of the recurring themes of the book of Proverbs is laziness is not God's intent for us. Laziness is not God's intent for us. Proverbs 6, 6, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Proverbs 10, 4 says, a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. So, Christians today are called to industry, to work as unto the Lord, not as unto men. Now, this is one sermon, right? There's, I mean, there's, there's other sermons, but this is the one sermon in the series that has to do with work. And you might say, well, Ed, what about rest, okay? Remember that one sermon is just one sermon. I'm gonna talk about industry and hard work today, but I also believe in Sabbath and rest, right? So, but when we've talked about that at other times and other places, but for now, what we need to hear is from this is centuries later, if you're a man, if you're a woman, if you're a student, if you're a retiree, whatever job you're in, you are called to model industry in your work as a follower of Jesus. So back to Burger King. So I think I started working at Burger King when I was 17. Uh, still love Burger King, flame broil Whopper. So much better than McDonald's. Can I say that? Probably shouldn't, but I did. Um, the frame, flame, anyway, you don't need to know. But the way we did it, still to this day. So Carl was my manager, and Carl, um, he promoted me, and they promoted me to assistant night manager, not assistant to the general manager, but assistant night manager. A few people got the reference from the office, didn't you? Okay, there's another office reference coming a little later. Stay with me. But Carl brought me in one day, and we had a good relationship. He promoted me. And he said to me, you know, Ed, I don't hire Christians. <laughs> now, I had shared the gospel. You know, he knew I, you know, I asked off Sunday morning. Um, you know, so he knew I was a follower of Jesus. So obviously he's making a point. I said, Carl, okay, but here I am. He said, I don't hire Christians. You know why? I said, no, but I bet you're going to tell me. Carl blurted a lot. He said, because they're lazy and they complain too much. And I, I said to myself, and I said, Carl, I'm sorry. And I said, I'm not that, am I? He said, no, but I just wanted you to know. I said, thank you, Carl. But here's the reality is if that's the perception of Christians, yeah, to a Burger King manager, you know, decades ago, but if that's the perception of Christians in our day, if that's the perception of you or me as a worker, that people know we're a Christian, but they don't see us as hardworking and committed to the job and the role, then I think we have not honored the Lord in our work. So Proverbs 31 points to the industry of the Proverbs 31 woman and reminds us of what's often called the doctrine of vocation. So vocation is, now this is where the language gets a little confusing, right? So, um, so vocation is a doctrine that was kind of re-emphasized during the Reformation, but it's been lost in a lot of ways today. God has called you to vocation. And what happened by the time we get to the Middle Ages, the word vocation, Latin word for it, was only used for like priests and nuns. Even today, if a woman is, uh, is Catholic and uh, goes, takes on vocation, she becomes a nun. And the challenge is, 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 is that so misses the right use of that word, right? Right, so I am in vocational ministry. I'm a professor and a pastor, right? So I, but, but you know, you have a vocation too. And what we saw from the Proverbs 31 woman is in the earth, in her home, and in the marketplace, she models that vocation with industry and industriousness. And so the reminder for us is, is that we all want to see our jobs and our roles 
from being a homemaker to driving a truck for Amazon to laying brick to doing hardwood to being a banker to being a musician are all a vocation that we can say, let's honor God in that. So just in case we didn't know that, the woman in Proverbs 31 works in the earth, works in the home, and works in the marketplace. The breadth of that's not unintentional. We call that part of the priesthood of all believers, right? which is not just you get to decide your own doctrine, but let me quote Gene Edward uh, Beeth who says this. He says, he gives us beauty and meaning through artists. Have you thanked God for artists lately? Right? He lets us travel through the ministry of automakers, mechanics, road crews, and airline employees. He keeps us clean through the work of garbage collectors, plumbers, sanitation workers, and sometimes the undocumented aliens who clean our hotel rooms. He brings people to salvation through pastors and through anyone else who, who proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ to the lost. The fast food worker, the inventor, the clerical assistant, the scientist, the accountant, and the musician, they all have high callings used by God to bless and serve his people and his creation. So, the Proverbs 31 woman does that at home, um, in the field, in the earth, and in the marketplace. And we might have multiple vocations ourselves. Some of us are caregivers, and, 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 and part of that is, is, and we could see in the Proverbs 31 woman, she's a, she's a mother, she's a wife, she's an employee, she's a business owner, but we may also be a husband, a father, caring for our elderly parents, but all can bring glory to God, including the vocation that we have. And it'll make a difference in your life. A student who understands that her current vocation is a learner will give more effort to her studies if she sees them as part of a sacred calling and service to God. And that's what the breadth of descriptions of the job. So the Proverbs 31 woman is not to shame you that you don't do enough. It's to show you that in all places of work and service, we can honor God with our industries. That makes sense? It's not to shame you, but to show you that in all places, we can use work, engage in work for God's glory, our good, and the good of others. So number one is industry. More to that, I could talk about Sabbath and rest. Please don't just hear this. The only thing you hear about the topic of work, but in our series, it's the one place we touch on, DTR work. So industry, number one. Number two is, uh, is integrity. Integrity. We see integrity mentioned frequently through Proverbs 31. Verse 10, an excellent wife who can find. She's far more precious than jewels. Remember elsewhere it says, you know, good man, it's hard to find. Verse 30 says, charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Now this verse has always been an interesting verse to me. As a relatively unattractive person, I don't find this verse completely compelling in the first two phrases. Right? Just embrace that. Not all of you can embrace that. I can embrace that. Right? Charm is deceitful. Nobody looks at Ed Stetzer and says, oh, he looks charming. Beauty is vain. Not a, not a thing that I get a whole lot. But that last part relates to me and you. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And so is a man who fears the Lord. Integrity is the point. Not just the appearance. So this certainly relates to it. So the appearance can fool you. But at the end of the day, it's your faith and it's your life lived out rightly. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And a mark of integrity is not perfection but consistency. And you see the consistency in this Proverbs 31 woman's life. What's fascinating is this is the only time 
the Bible commends trusting in anyone but God is here in the book of Proverbs. And the reason this commended is because the woman lives according to wisdom and integrity. The focus is not just the relationship between husband and wife. Look at verse 11. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. There it is right there, right? But Proverbs 10.9 says this, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who walks in his way is crooked will be found out, right? So the integrity is the focus in the context of the marriage relationship. Proverbs 22 verse one broadens it. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches and favor is better than silver or gold. So integrity, integrity. I mentioned the office Earlier, some of you watched The Office. Um, can't affirm and endorse everything on The Office. There is a Christian character in The Office. What's her name? Angela. Angela. Angela, Angela is a Christian character in The Office. Angela, the, ac- the actress who plays Angela, is actually also a Christian. And she talks some about the challenge of portraying a Christian at the workplace who kind of lacks integrity, right? I mean, that's kind of the ongoing theme that's there, yet we see our Christianity come up. For example, they have a fire alarm, they're all in the parking lot, and they all start saying, well, if there's a fire at home, what's the one book you grab and you run out? And Angela says, the Bible. And they say, you can't say the Bible. She says, purpose-driven life. I, I, I sent that video clip to Rick Warren. He was not amused, uh, author of purpose-driven life. But the reality is we look to Angela and she's kind of the anti-example of what we want in that integrity. Yet that's part of what the call of God is and the modeling here that we see. Remember, the Proverbs 31 woman is the personification and the idealization of work and wisdom. And if Proverbs 31 is holding up this example of integrity, we can look to something like a, like a character like Angela and say, and say that too many times the reason Hollywood portrays a character like that is that they actually sometimes see Christians as being like that. Now, let me just also say that I think Hollywood does a terrible job portraying Christians and there's an agenda that drives that. But let me also say that if we're not known as people of integrity in the workplace, then we're missing the mark of what it means to actually define the relationship in a godly way. Our relationship with work has been so impacted by the fall that we've stepped into a place where our industry and our integrity are lacking and the Lord calls us to a better way. So number one is the idea of industry. Number two is the idea of integrity, integrity. So I mentioned earlier just kind of randomly that I was actually a labor relations consultant at one point in my, in my journey. I wasn't pastoring at the time, I was leading a research team and, and I got a uh, company contracted with me to go work with Lowe's uh, Home Improvement. Anybody work for Lowe's here, anybody? You're a Lowe's employee, okay. Used to be, okay, okay, good. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, fair enough, <laughs> because I used to be too. Uh, so they brought me in, because Lowe's doesn't want to be unionized. Now I recognize that saying that, that that draws strong reactions from people. So, but my job as a labor relations consultant with this company was to help them to uh, avoid being unionized. And so, uh, so what, my job would be as I go to their headquarters in Western North Carolina and I train a team of people and, and they would go out to these, um, to these stores that could be unionized. Now, why would a store be unionized? Here's the thing is, again, people have strong opinions about unions one way or another. If you don't want to be a unionized, here's how you don't be unionized. Don't be a jerk, right? Don't be a jerk and treat people well. So, um, 
So what we did is once a year, uh, we'd use Gallup and they'd call every Lowe's employee at every store. You probably got these calls at some time. And you get a call and, and you press, it asks you a survey. So on a scale of one to five, is your workplace a healthy environment that you feel valued? One is yes, five is no. And you know, do you trust your supervisor? One is yes and five is no. So once a year we'd do this and then we'd get the data back at headquarters in Western North Carolina and, and, um, and then I'd meet with them and I would say, okay, we look at the bottom 10% of the stores. What are the places where the employees are most unhappy and most miserable at their job? Because those are the places where there's gonna be a union vote, they're gonna become unionized. And then it happens, it spreads across the company. They didn't want that. So, but there's another thing they didn't want. They didn't want people being treated badly in the company, right? So I would train them, and, and again, this was a secular context, so I had to explain to them, here's what I want you to do, okay? We're gonna look at the worst stores, and we're gonna go talk and find out what's going on. And here's what we found, almost without exception. The manager is a jerk who doesn't have integrity. Or someone on the staff is a jerk who doesn't have integrity. And you got two options. You gotta fire them or you gotta fix them. And if you do that, then ultimately that place, that workplace kind of turns around. And I said to them, now listen, here's an idea. I, I can't tell you where I got this, but it's called the golden rule. If you'll just do unto others as you would have them do unto you, people like taking notes, that is a revolutionary idea. <laughs> and integrity in how you treat people is the kind of thing that creates a positive workplace. So the Proverbs 31 woman is the personification and the idealization of wisdom and work in the book of Proverbs. And she models industry, she models integrity, and she models, thirdly and finally, influence, influence. We see that in the text, again. And, and again, you can walk through the text and see this as you read this through this lens. Remember, the Proverbs 31 right at the end of the book of Proverbs, right? So it's, it's kind of bringing this all to a point, to a head, and men and women can look at it and say, oh, let's look at her influence. Verse 20 says she opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. Verse 26 and 27 says she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. That idleness is a key phrase for us, right? It relates to industry, relates to integrity, and here it relates to her influence. And two words kind of mark our, our influence. Um, encouragement and example. Those are things we can live out, have, be, and do in our workplace, wherever that may be, whether we're working from home, whether we're working in office, or maybe during 2020 and 2021, we found that shift from, from office to home. I want you to do something for me for just a second. Take one moment and I want you to think of somebody who influenced you, a significant positive influence on you and your growth. Just think of somebody right now. Somebody, um, maybe, maybe they're a small group leader, maybe they're a boss, maybe it was a parent, maybe it was your sister, whatever it may be. I want you to think of that person. On the count of three, I want us to say the name of that. All of us say different names on the count of three. You ready? I'm gonna say mine in three. Ready? One, two, three, Steve Morgan. So we all got different names, right? Now my guess is that for some of those people, for most of those people, the people you thought about is they encouraged you in some way, probably by encouragement and example, they encouraged you, set an example for you to follow. And verses 20 and verses 26 and 27 that we just looked at, well, caring for the poor is that. 
demonstrates God's care for the marginalized, the ostracized, those denigrated, and more. And as a follower of Jesus, centuries later, we see the image of God worthy of dignity and respect. So the right question is, how do I influence at work? Now, again, your workplace could be different. Remember, for the Proverbs 31 woman, it was in the earth, it was in the home, and it was in the marketplace. It covers all the bases, right? What kind of influence am I? We saw generosity in her in verse 20, and that could be something we could model as well. Are you the person who helps out the employee that's struggling? Are you the employee that goes the extra mile? Are you the person who, who models generosity in your personality? What about wisdom? Do you model wisdom? Are you always joining in with them of the petty arguments? Are you angeling up everything so that you're actually the bad example? Or are you modeling wisdom at work? The Proverbs 31 woman points us to that indeed because she is the idealization. She is the, uh, the picture of wisdom and work in the book of Proverbs lived out for us as an example. So when you show up at work, what's it like? Is it Proverbs 4.18? The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. Is that, is that you? You're there and there's a sense that you're there to have a positive influence at work. People know, people notice, people see. That's why Carl would say to me, some 18-year-old, 17, 18-year-old kid, I don't hire Christians because I thought in something he saw, having just promoted me, he saw something that was different. Young and foolish, but hopefully showing some work ethic that would be evident of a Christian. Why? Because Proverbs 31.30 is here for us again. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is in vain. Doesn't matter how good you look. Doesn't matter how much you kind of strut at work and how you kind of tell everyone that you're kind of the key person at the end of the day. We see here a very widely quoted verse. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Now, I think a lot of you have seen this verse before. This is like a famous verse. Uh, this is a key verse in this text and maybe one of the most Instagrammed verses like ever. Let me say it again. This may be the most Instagrammed verse ever. Right? And I'm hoping that all the attractive people are sort of posted there kind of in an ironic sort of way. Right? I'm hoping that she's holding a mirror because this is the opposite of what your value should simply be. But this is an excellent woman who's not just excellent in her appearance. There's not anything wrong with that. But this poem begins and ends with a woman's excellence. The acrostic nature, remember ABC, alphabet Gimel? The acrostic nature running the span of the entire Hebrew alphabet conveyed that this woman is truly excellent in every possible way. She is the personification and the idealization of work and wisdom in the book of Proverbs. This poem was placed at the end of the book of Proverbs because this woman embodies all the aspects of wisdom and the full character of wisdom that the book of Proverbs discusses. So beautiful choice for our campus pastors to talk about work because the poem describes an ideal depiction of wisdom by talking about a woman and addressing every reader of the book, man and woman. It's an example for all to learn from. It's an ideal rather than a command. 
being this is one excellent, powerful portrayal of wise living over a lifetime, but it's not the only way of wise. Or else we wouldn't have Ruth three chapters later in our Hebrew Bible. So the poem is not meant to tell us we must copy Proverbs 31. You don't have to make your bedspread. Or follow this woman's actions to a T. But to emphasize that living according to God's wisdom has implications for all of our lives. And as we DTR, as we define the relationship, it has impact on work, big or small. You say, Ed, I'm not a big influential person at work. Well, actually, you can see in the Proverbs 31 woman, industry, integrity, and influence can be at all places that we work. She models it for us, and in the earth, in her home, and in the marketplace. In other words, every place you can think of, she's modeling that. So the question for you and me today, I think, is how do we live out these truths? Our DTR series is kind of a helping us to rethink, to re-engage. Let me just say it's so great to see more and more of you here at church in person as well. Because as we engage in worship together, as we engage in the topics, re-engage the Lord in deeper growth and re-engage our marriages that have walked through some of the, maybe the challenges divorces way up this year, we too can re-engage our work. Work's being re-engineered. Some of us are working more at home. Some of us are working different jobs. Some of us are looking for work. But we can have the characteristics of the book of Proverbs that are personified and idealized in the woman at the end of Proverbs, Proverbs 31. Industry, integrity, and influence. And I wonder if you might just pray with me and ask the Lord to speak to you about how ultimately your work, how you are evidencing that. Maybe you're a student. You say, I don't have a job. Yeah, you're a student. That's your vocation right now. You're a homemaker. That's your vocation. You're a banker. That's your vocation. You're a bricklayer. That's your vocation. Maybe look to the example of the Proverbs 31 woman and live out in our lives, centuries later, a Christ-like commitment to work as to honor the Lord. Would you pray with me? Father, we come before you and the example of the Proverbs 31 woman speaks loudly to us. Certainly she idealizes and personifies so much. Maybe it can become intimidating to us, Lord, but don't let us be intimidated. Let us see the breath from A to Z, uh, the depth from the earth to her home to the marketplace. And Lord, may we honor you through our vocation from bricklayer to homemaker to banker to factory worker to contractor. Lord, we yield ourselves to you. Just take just a moment, watch it online, you're here with us in person. And would you just ask the Lord to reflect upon how your character is evidenced at work? If Angela struck too close to home, it might be time to say, Lord, help me move my reputation by changing and deepening my engagement with you and growing my character. Character of industry, integrity, and influence, Lord. May that be evident in my life at work. Could you just for take this moment and say, Lord, help me to be thankful for work. Help me to honor you through work. Help me to be an example at work. Father, as we define the relationship to work in 2021, new ways, differences, Lord, may we be those who work as unto the Lord and not as unto men. For it's in Jesus' name and for his sake we pray all these things. Amen and amen.